sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mexel. Well, I want to encourage you to make your way back to your seats. It's always important and, and wonderful to be able to use our words to encourage one another, and, and we're going to be thinking about that a little further uh, in our service today. Um, you know, it's amazing how something very small can have a big impact. Something that in, its, in and of itself, you know, is pretty insignificant. But if the circumstances are just right, and things come together just so, it can have a huge impact. Uh, several years ago, there was a workday morning when a squirrel climbed onto the Metro North Railroad power lines near New York City. A seemingly innocent event, probably something that happens hundreds of times every single day. But on that particular day, that squirrel set off an electrical surge which weakened an overhead bracket over top of the commuter lines there around New York City. That bracket held large wires, a large bundle of wires, and in its weakened state, one of those wires went a little bit lower than it needed to go. And when the nearby train came coming through there, and normally there was no problem, but this day, because of that squirrel's action, that wire was just a little bit too low, and it caught the top of that train. And as the train went whizzing by and caught that one wire, it pulled the rest of the wires down behind it, and an entire section of the grid and of the, of the uh, train lines in Manhattan went down. In all, 47,000 passengers were stranded on that morning getting to and from work. It was, you know, a seemingly innocent kind of thing. A squirrel doing something that squirrels do all the time. But in the circumstances that, that evolved in that day, it caused a great catastrophe. Something small can have a big impact, right? Are there other items that you can think of that are small but have a huge impact? I mean, we don't have to think very long to remember a, a microscopic virus that literally shut the world down, right? Or we know that there are tiny cracks and bridges that start off as no big deal, but if they're not taken care of and are allowed to grow and get bigger, you know, entire bridges can, can be, be non-usable or can cause a, a collapse. Or if you get the wrong ingredient, in a cake? Have you ever done that? Have you ever put, like, instead of, I don't know, instead of flour, you put, you know, baking powder in there or something? You know, it, it just totally ruins the entire process. Something small can make a big difference. Well, the Bible points to something else that is small but has an outsized impact. Our tongues, though not large, have amazing power. The tongue's potential to do good or the tongue's potential to do wreak havoc is great. And it's therefore vital that we are all aware of how we're using our tongues and the impact that our tongues are having throughout our lives. And so this morning, we're going to hear some words from James's letter to the church, James chapter 3, where James reminds us of the importance of our tongue, the importance of being aware of how we're using our tongue, and the importance of using it in good and wholesome and proper ways. And so I'm going to read this morning from James chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, where we read this. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mis mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. 
If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, is in itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. James has a, a critical and important reminder here in this passage to us of the importance of our tongue, the importance of our speech, the importance of our words in life. And while James's clear focus in this passage relates to the importance of how we talk to one another, he doesn't begin this section of Scripture in that general sense, with that general instruction. Instead, he begins with a statement about leaders and the inherent responsibility when filling positions of authority. Now, on the surface, that may not seem like something that would fit with this whole rest of the section, but it reminds us and it highlights for us the impact of those in authority, and particularly the words of those in authority, and particularly those inside the church with words of authority. The responsibility that leaders, that preachers and elders and others who are in positions of leadership have is significant. And while all of us communicate, people in positions of authority have special opportunities to influence others through their communication. In the church, that's most noticeable in preachers and teachers. And so we have a responsibility as those in leadership to be careful with the words that we say. We are on a regular basis standing before others and speaking on behalf of God. I don't, I don't stand here to speak my own words this morning. Um, hopefully, I'm speaking the words that have come to us in Scripture and that have been inspired by God. And that it, it, is, it is ultimately um, God who is speaking to us. And any ways in which that doesn't live up to what it is that God's trying to communicate to us is a, is a failure on the part of me as a preacher or others who are, uh, who are preaching. It's a, an awesome and humbling responsibility to recognize the, the responsibility that is ours in leadership in the church. The role of a leader in the church is to be, to be instructed by God through prayer, through Bible study, and then to seek to live that out in leadership within the church. It's a tremendous responsibility. But it isn't just people in positions of leadership who impact others with the words that they say. And James goes on here to, to go beyond just those in leadership. James says that if anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. None of us are perfect when it comes to the way that we speak. Um, probably all of us, if we think back just in the last week, can identify one, two, three, half dozen, 10, 15, 20, I don't know, how many times when we can recognize ways in which we weren't particularly positive, weren't particularly helpful in the ways that we used 
our tongue. And that's a sobering reality, one which should encourage each one of us to be aware of our speech and of its impact. Lack of perfection is not an excuse to use our words to harm others. And this passage invites us to be aware of the impact of our words, to allow God to mold us so our words are used positively and in helpful ways for others. Our words have impact. The question isn't, are they going to have impact? The question is, what kind of impact are our words going to have? And as James goes into this passage, he, he recognizes this wide spectrum of ways in which our words can have impact. He talks about the fact that, you know, our words, our, our tongue is, is a very unique instrument in the sense that it can go from being very, very helpful, very, very positive, very, very um, encouraging to others to very, very harmful, very, very destructive in all that it does and all sorts of places in between. There are a few other things in our lives which have this extreme opportunity on either side of that spectrum. You can go from feeling horrible about yourself if someone is insulting you to feeling great in, in just a few words. And as you reflect on the ways that your tongue has been used in recent times, what impact has it had? How aware of your tongue's impact on a regular basis do you have? Well, James talks first here in this passage and highlights the dangerous nature of the tongue. Sometimes it's easier to start on the negative side because, I mean, maybe it's a personality thing. I don't know. Sometimes that negative side, though, kind of sticks out to us a little bit more. And one of the most obvious places in which our tongue can be destructive is obviously in our relationships with other people. There are lots of different ways in which our tongues can be used destructively in our relationships with others. Lies or stretching the truth are one way that, that we can destroy credibility, can we destroy relationships very quickly if our words are marked by lies. Gossiping about another person is something that can create harm and hurt in relationship and can destroy friendships and, and can, can really cause havoc. Words of gossip. Biting criticism, criticism that's not intended to help build others up, but is intended to tear others down, can deeply wound other people. Arguments, particularly needless arguments, can erect walls of animosity between people. If we were to go around this room, I'm sure that we could all highlight ways in which we have felt the impact of these various kinds of ways of using the tongue in our relationships with one another. But that speech isn't just one-on-one -on -one either, is it? You can see how negative speech, negative talk, negative uses of the tongue can even destroy a group. Um, whether it's in an office setting, you know, if there's a little bit of gossip or a little bit of word, uh, negative conversation that goes around, it can quickly cause havoc in an office. It can cause havoc in a church setting. It can cause havoc in a family. It can cause havoc in, in all kinds of, of group settings as well. And again, we've all, I'm sure, been in those kinds of situations where we've seen the negative impact on group dynamics of improper use of our tongue. Those are perhaps some of the most obvious ways, but another way that fits with the context of what James is saying here in which words can be used improperly is if they're used for false teaching, for teaching things that are not in line with God's truth, not in line with Scripture, not in line with, with the ways of God and the ways that God would seek for us to learn and to grow. It's important for all of us to be good consumers of information. We live in a culture and a society where we are inundated constantly with information from all sorts of different sources. And it's important that we, that we seek to recognize 
are those truths, particularly when they're, they're relating to us um, words from God, truths of God, are they in line with godly truth? Are they in line with Scripture? Are they in line with the ways that we have understood Scripture in, in, through the centuries as a church? Are they in line with um, the ways that God would seek to, to help us to understand godly truth and godly ways of living? False teaching is another way in which our tongues can be used in destructive ways, in which our tongues can be used in ways that are not helpful, not uh, building others up. Well, that's sort of the negative side. I'm sure that wasn't an exhaustive list. We could probably all, again, think of other ways in which our tongues, either we or others, have used our tongues negatively. But fortunately, those aren't the only ways that our tongues can be used, are they? Our tongues can also be used in positive ways, constructively, to serve God and to build others up. We may never fully know the impact of even a simple word of encouragement expressed to someone in a moment of difficulty. The tongue can be used in great ways to, to just be a simple encouragement. It can be a way of showing appreciation or affirmation for a good job or from one person to another. And as such, just like negative conversation can poison an atmosphere of a group, Equally beneficial can be that positive way of reinforcing, of finding those positive aspects of, of saying thank you and of, of encouraging one another. You all, um, so many of you uh, gave me a, a gift this past fall when it was time for a pastor appreciation. And um, there was a time in, in October when um, you all, many of you, sent notes and brought notes to the church here and spoke words um, of encouragement, sent emails. Um, it's hard for me to express to you how much those words of encouragement mean to me. You know, when you're going through a tough week, a tough day, uh, your, your energy level is low, and you read something where someone says, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for the encouragement that you made to me here. Thank you for the ways that you helped me in that situation. It, it just gives you a certain amount of energy. It gives you an encouragement. It just helps to lift the entire situation. I have been a recipient of that from many of you, and I want to say how much those things are truly appreciated. And I want to encourage you, encourage each one of us. It's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of our lives to not take the time to, to extend those words of encouragement to one another. They mean a lot. And sometimes it's, it's a simple text. It's a simple note. It's a simple email. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be this real elaborate kind of thing. But our words, our words of appreciation, of thanks, can go a long way in encouraging others. Well, much like uh, those personal relationships can be encouragement, encouraged with our words. Our relationship with God is also encouraged with the words that we say. Part of why we come together to sing together, to sing praises to God, or to verbalize with our tongues the, the message of appreciation and thanks to God and of recognizing the things that God has done on our behalf. It's in, it's in sharing the truth of God and sharing the good news of hope and forgiveness in Jesus Christ that we're able to use our tongues in positive, constructive ways to advance the work and to advance the kingdom of God. James reminds us that there's this wide range of uses of our tongue, wide range from very negative to very positive, in which our tongue can tear down, in which our tongue can build up. And James wants to encourage us to be, first of all, aware of how our language, sometimes we're not even aware of the difference that our, our words are making. But then once we're aware of it, to use those words in a constructive and in a positive manner. Now we can see the significance of the tongue. We can understand the impact that it has on life. We can know from our own experiences that although the tongue is small, it can have a tremendous, tremendous impact. 
can have a positive impact and it can have a negative impact. And we can agree with James about the significance of the tongue. But we may still wonder, how do we do a better job of using our tongue positively? How do we, how do, we do this? Because James readily admits that the tongue is not easy to control. The tongue is not something that's very easy to, to, um, to keep tabs on and to keep working in the ways that God would desire. So how do we respond to James's words here? How is it possible that our words and our tongues can be controlled? Well, I want to suggest to you at least two things, two ways in which um, we're invited to, to recognize how our tongue is controlled. The first thing that we need to recognize is that our tongue is not simply controlled by focusing on the words that we say. That may be counterintuitive. We might think, well, I need to do a better job of, of speaking, and so I need to think more fully about the words that I say and just be concentrating on our words. But Jesus recognized something in the ways that he was teaching others, and it's something that, that we all should recognize, and that is our words are simply an outer reflection of what's happening in our hearts and in our minds. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12, 34 and 35 when he was talking about the Pharisees. He said this. He said, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure. And the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. The lesson is whatever is going on in our minds and our hearts will be expressed in our speech. If we are critical and negative on the inside, it's going to come out. But if we're filled with the love of God on the inside, that will be expressed in the words that we speak. Too often we, we hear a message like this and we, like I said earlier, we focus on the words. But what Jesus is reminding us here is that our words are the overflow of what's happening in our hearts. And it's important for us to recognize that and to evaluate what's happening in our hearts and our minds. How are we filling our minds? How are we filling the thoughts of our lives? Are we, are we constantly full of criticism? Are we constantly full of, of um, negativity and, and words of harm to others? Or are we filling our minds with words that are uplifting? Words that come from God and from the Lord. And that brings us to the second step or the second part of this. First of all, recognizing that our words come out of the overflow of our hearts and our minds. But also understanding that it is God who can cleanse and can purify our internal motivations and our thoughts and our attitudes. This means of, the means of using our tongues properly is not found in working harder or focusing on the way, what we're saying. It's, it's found in submitting ourselves to God and allowing God to fill our hearts and our minds and our intentions with God's plans and God's will and God's way of looking at the life and the world in which we live. Spending time with God in prayer and Bible study, filling our minds with godly truth. It comes through worshiping God regularly in our community of believers. It comes from allowing God to influence our lives from the inside out. And God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, can help us to speak truth, to speak words that are uplifting, upbuilding, and are, are in line with ways that God desires. Are we allowing God to guide our thoughts? and our desires with his thoughts and his desires. When we do that, God can work to make our speech in line with his will and his plan. Our words have an impact. What we say has the ability to build others up or to cut others down. And I'm sure we've all been in conversations where we've been on both sides of that, of that uh, spectrum. Now, I do want to make one clarification point here. This doesn't mean that there aren't times we have to have tough conversations 
This doesn't mean that, that there aren't times where in the best interest of the person that we're interacting with, that we have to say some things that, are, that are, they may not want to hear, they may not, may not appreciate, but it's an important piece to help them to understand the truth and the hope and the love of God. Sometimes we have to have tough conversations, but we can do that in a way that's meant to tear down, or we can do that in a way that's meant in love and care and kindness. What is the overriding direction of your speech? What is the overriding direction of my speech? It's so easy for us to go through life and just sort of just sort of slide and not really think about this very much. But God invites us. God invites us through the power of the Holy Spirit to control our tongues, to allow God to speak through us, speak words of truth, speak words that uplift and build others up, to speak words that help and encourage. How about you today? How about me today? Are there ways in which we need to submit and surrender to God and allow him to mold us, to make us, to reform us from the inside out so that our tongues speak words in line with God's truth and God's ways? Let us pray. Oh God, it is with grateful hearts that we gather in your presence today. Lord, we thank you that you are at work in our world we thank you that you are a God of truth, a God of love, a God of care. A God who desires to guide our words. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the words of the mouths of my brothers and sisters here, be words that reflect hearts that are seeking after you, that are being remade and reformed in your word. Thank you, Lord God, for your love for us, for your care and your concern for guiding us this day. In Jesus' name, amen.